Hello, and welcome to the Graceland Moments Podcast. Uh, we are so excited that you've decided to tune into this episode. Today, we, are, we have on the podcast Kathy Poe. Uh, she's a dedicated member of Graceland, um, and she specializes in single ministry. Uh, she leads a single ministry here uh, on our campus on Sunday mornings, um, but she has been passionately involved in singles ministry here at Graceland for three years now, and she has seen that multiply. She has seen the fruit from it, and she is coming to bring that wisdom, uh, that experience that she has had into this podcast, into, into helping us. Uh, so if you are single and experiencing it in a lonely uh, way, or if you're single and you're experiencing it in a joyful way, uh, I think she gives just a great biblical perspective of all the facets of singleness. Uh, we also talk about the church and what the church can be doing to encourage and help singles. Uh, it's a big portion of our congregation, and it is one that should be taken serious. Uh, as singles, we are called in the Bible to be joyful and to be passionately following the Lord. And I think Kathy brings that that perspective in a great way. And so just hearing her heart is going to be very beneficial for you, I think. Uh, if you are on our Graceland, our, our Graceland Moments group, uh, please feel free to invite people. We want as many people from the church to have access to this, to be benefiting, benefiting from it uh, as possible. So please uh, feel free to invite people to the group. Um, but we are so thankful that you decided to join us today. So enjoy this episode with Kathy Poe on singleness. Hello, and welcome to the Graceland Moments podcast. I am your fill-in host today. Uh, my name is Dylan Baker. Usually I'm behind the camera, uh, but today because of uh, Jenny's time constraints, uh, I am just going to fill in. So she's just allowed me to fill in. And I am just so particularly excited about this uh, topic, about this guest. Um, I think it's it's something that applies to me, so that makes me very excited and passionate to talk about it. But also just the guest that we have today, I've only got to talk to her a couple times, but just her passion passion uh, for the local church, her passion for the gospel and Jesus, and her passion for this particular ministry of singleness, it is just infectious. And I've just, I just love that. And so it's it's my joy to, to bring her to the podcast and get to interview her today as we we kind of talk about this, this um, taboo thing, this singleness. Um, and so I, I just can't wait. I know there are many different facets of singleness, of, of how you come to, to be single or just the stages of life. So uh, we're probably barely going to scratch the surface today, I would guess. Uh, but I just, I, I hope that this can be an encouragement to anyone listening for the people who are not single, for the people who are single, um, and just all those things. So Kathy, thank you so much for coming on Absolutely. today and, and serving us in this way. Uh, I want to start out with just uh, asking what you kind of do in, in the church and and what, um, yeah, how, how you serve and, and what you do on Sunday mornings. Okay. Um, I'm actually involved in two community group Bible study classes. Um, I attend Pastor John's class at 8 o'clock, uh, and then I also teach a 9 o'clock class, which is the um, class for single adults. And uh, so I get to be involved in both. Occasionally, I teach Pastor John's class as well. So I get the opportunity to serve in that. And um, over the years, I've done um, a lot of teaching uh, mm -hmm. here at Graceland, and I'm just very, very grateful mm -hmm. that they allow me to have that privilege to do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, did you get to kind of initiate the single class, or was that uh, something that was already started and you got to take over? Uh, how did that single life group come about? And is that the only one? Or uh, Okay, 
Yeah. Um, I've, I, I came to Graceland in 1975, and then I came back to Graceland um, when I was going through the divorce. It was, um, it was a great place for me to come and heal. And, um, and at that point, I started a single adult Bible study class because I didn't really have a place where I found I could fit. And so um, we began that, and uh, I taught that for quite a few years. And then um, I left um, teaching that and um, actually then ended up in a, at another church and um, working alongside my uh, daughter and son-in-law as they worked in, in that church. And then they moved to Chicago. So mm. then I came back to Graceland <laughs> and I've been back here now for about five years, I guess, and maybe longer. Mm. Um, and, but I was approached uh, a little over three years ago by a group of single adults. And they knew that I had already taught single adults before mm. And they asked me if I would would start another class. And there were several people that said, we'll come alongside, we'll work with you, we'll um, teach with you. And uh, so that, that kind of started the ball rolling. And so we began the class three years ago this month. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's absolutely grown. In fact, it was grown to the place where Pastor Ryan talked to me about... Um, I, I like to call it multiplying, but mm. it, I mean, we divided the class is yeah. what we did. And what we looked at was the group that was a younger group of singles mm. because their needs are different. A mm. lot of them would maybe have younger children and then a group of, I, I hesitate to use the word older, mm. but um, maybe more seasoned single <laughs> adults who no longer had all the responsibilities of maybe young children in the home, that sort of thing. So now we have two groups. We have a group that, um, for those people that are above that college Mm. career age, so maybe 30s up through about uh, young 50s perhaps, Mm. and then people who come to my class who are in that 50 to Mm. whatever range. And actually, my class has been open to anyone who wants to come. I've had people come to my class that are in their 20s. And so that part really doesn't matter, but we have two groups. And my group meets at 9 o'clock, and the other group, um, which is led by Oliver Mahata, Mm. and that group meets at the 1030 time. And both are in the community building. That's awesome. Um, and so in there, you you talked a little bit about your divorce. And so I kind of want to get into uh, maybe the passion you have behind singles and and how that has come uh, to be. Uh, and then also kind of talk about maybe the, the reasons why someone would become single. So divorce definitely being one. Uh, but what are some main kind of um, ways that you see people enter into this, this stage of singleness? Um, yeah, okay. if you want to talk about that. All right. I, I look at at single adults, and and certainly there are those that have never been married. And, you know, you have different groups of single adults. There are those that are 18 to that 25 range that they're involved in their career building, or maybe they're going to school. And and so there's that group. And those needs are completely different Mm -hmm. from maybe then a single adult who's in their later 20s or on up um, that maybe their spouse has passed away or their spouse has decided to leave for whatever reason and they end up divorced. And so there are those 
that are single because they have never been married. There are those who are single because their spouse has passed away. And then there are those who are single because they've gone through a divorce. And when I look at this, I actually see that in many ways, being single comes about because of a death. Mm. It's the death of the spouse. For those that were married who go through a divorce, it's the death of the marriage. And it feels very much like an actual death. The difference is the, the person is still up walking around. So that's a whole different um, group of challenges with that. But then there's also for those who really want to be married, they want to experience the joy of having a spouse, but that opportunity never comes about. That can also be the death of the dream. Mm -hmm. And so people come into a singles group oftentimes hurting mm -hmm. because of life experiences or because they just feel like they're missing something. There's something that, that they're not complete in some way. So it's, it's a challenge for, for those people that are in uh, singles ministry. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think you make up a good point of how uh, sometimes we can feel incomplete without this. And I think that in a sense is natural because we see in Genesis, we were made for um, relationship. We were made uh, to have a partner in this, especially if you do not have the gift of singleness and you have that, that strong desire to be married. And Paul says, like, if you are burning with passion, it is better just to be married uh, rather than just struggling through this life, uh, desiring that. Uh, but we start to understand that God... Um, kind of does different things. He doesn't just automatically give you what you want. Maybe it's not in the timing that you want or anything like that, but he he decides on on when that will come for you. And so uh, I kind of want to split this podcast into to two ways of like the encouragement of singleness. So like that singleness doesn't have to be that that story and that God allows us, gives us strength uh, to be fulfilled in him when we don't have a spouse. Um, but then also I, I do want to empathize with those who are struggling with loneliness and in that um, to, to build those people up, but then also encourage the church uh, to say that singleness isn't less than, right? So singleness is... Is, uh, it can be a gift. And we see in, in the Bible when Paul is talking about um, the gifting of singleness and what it can do for the church because you get to focus on uh, different things. Um, and so I kind of want to split it up into two. Uh, I will we'll lead into the, the maybe um, negative side of it, and then we'll go and lead into the positive side because I would say my life uh, of singleness right now is is positive, and I look at it in a in a good way. And so I want to, I want to talk about that as well. But um, Let's talk about the people who are really struggling with loneliness and uh, struggling and how to how to give them encouragement through through biblical perspective to get through this time of loneliness and to get through this time of of singleness when they don't want to be. What would you what would you say to those people? What kind of advice do you give in your class for that person walking into your class that is just um, disrupted by life? Maybe they got a divorce, maybe there was a death, and now they're just thrown into the singleness and they don't know what to do. What would you say to them? That's exactly right. And um, of course, through the year of COVID, where people were uh, demanded, commanded mm -hmm. to stay home, 
if you are a single adult and you had no other people around you, that only really increased the loneliness. Mm -hmm. And um, so our class has really tried to stay connected through mm -hmm. Zoom and through, um, we did, we've done hybrid groups where we met, we've met outside, we've, you know, we've tried to, to do that. Um, because loneliness is a big factor um, for singles, and I've heard it over and over and over again. And so that is something that people have to understand. They may have to negotiate those waters. They may have to walk through that. But what we know is that the Lord is always with us. We are never really alone. And regardless of how we come into a singles group, whether we've been single all our life, or if our spouse has passed away, or if we've walked the path of divorce, regardless of what that is, we have to understand that God has a plan. And it didn't surprise the Lord. He wasn't shocked mm -hmm. because we became single or because we are single. He didn't, you know, scratch his head and say, oh, no, now what do we do? They don't have a spouse any longer. Mm -hmm. God wasn't surprised by it. He knew, and he has a plan for every one of us, no matter what situation we are in. And that's really one of the things that I try to do in my class is to give people hope. Wow. I, I've walked with a lot of people, a lot of women who have um, come to me, different people will know that um, I've walked this path. And so I've had people in my home over and over and over again that are going through a divorce, that are just broken. Mm -hmm. And I really try to help them see that there's light at the end of that tunnel and that God does have a plan for them. And the plan is good. It's, um, it's a good place to be that we can always know that Jesus is with us no matter where we are. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know if this is going to be, um, as, as typical in your age group or in your group as maybe mine. Uh, but one thing I've noticed with that loneliness uh, is social media. Um, and so I don't use social media that much, but um, from what I understand, like the Netflix movies about romantic, like romanticism and marriage and uh, this fluffy kind of relationship. And then you have social media that's always promoting to be with another person. Um, it, it constantly makes you feel like you're, I guess, missing out or you're, you're wrong, or uh, you see everyone kind of in the Bible belt, like just so, uh, invested in marriage being kind of, uh, the pinnacle of the Christian experience. And so that loneliness like comes from, um, from what I understand and what I see the most is, is seeing other people, um, and kind of comparing yourself to them. Um, and so, yeah, it's just awesome to, to think that God kind of gives us those stages of life differently. Um, and it's, it's when you are called not to be married and when you don't have that person, um, you're, you're called to be single with, with joy, with grace, and with understanding that the Lord has just put you in a different spot. And so that comparison, it seems like, brings a lot of loneliness from my generation of just always seeing people like, oh, like I'm in a, this awesome relationship. We're walking the beach together and, and, and things like that. Um, but life can be very, very joyful. Um, and, th and that's exactly right. No matter where we are. Pastor Nate did a really good job of addressing marriage last Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, and he said, marriage can be hard. Yeah. And yes, it's good. But people do need to realize that there are both sides of the coin 
in marriage. Marriage can be hard. It can be absolutely lovely. uh, Being single can be hard. It can be absolutely lovely. And we have to put that in perspective and trust that God is going to walk us through the hard times and he's going to rejoice with us in in the really exciting, lovely, wonderful times. And and they're both. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Um, And speaking of Pastor Nate, he always says something that I I love, uh, which is there's no such thing as Lone Ranger Christianity. And this goes on both sides, marriage and singleness. And so uh, what you were talking about, like how in COVID people were just very alone. And so they had to, uh, that's where the thoughts started coming in. Um, In my singleness, uh, I have just put myself in a box of community. Like I have people around me all the time, pouring into my life, meeting with people. Um, I have those relationships. So I'm not like seeking or depending on uh, maybe a spouse to to bring that relationship whole, so to speak, um, into my life. But I'm constantly filling my time with community, with my community group, uh, with my accountability partners, um, anything that I can, I can fill that with. Um, so I think you made a great point about you need community, even especially when you're in singleness. But um, all across Christianity, there's no such thing as Lone Ranger Christianity, but in singleness, you have to be around people. And I, I, I really agree with that. One of the gentlemen in my group came in one day and he, he just said, the Bible tells us in Psalms that he sets the lonely in families. And he looked around in our class, in our group, and said, this is where he's put me. Mm-hmm. This is the family that God has surrounded me with. And I've heard lots of them in um, in my group to say that it has made such a difference yeah. that they have people that understand their walk because they're single too, uh, that they can reach out to if they need something, if they need help. And it's it's just... That is exactly why we need community groups. So I'm going to make a big plug for that okay. uh, because we really do. We need community and especially those people that are single. Mm-hmm. And I've just seen time and time again where community, accountability, yeah. discipleship, it changes lives. Like we we just, it's so important. And sometimes it's neglected in our, our current uh, church situation, the American church, about good discipleship, good accountability, people really digging into you and keeping you... Um, kind of set on Christ. And, right. uh, but when I see, when I see community just really investing in that, it changes people's lives and, uh, singleness, I couldn't imagine doing it without community. I would probably just feel so, so alone. But, um, and so we understand and we empathize like with loneliness, uh, both of us being single, uh, we, I'm sure both of us have hit times where we just like really, really desire a spouse or we're very lonely. Um, and so we empathize with that, but good thing God does not leave us there, right? Um, God is is just adamant to bring us out of that so he can use us. Um, our purpose is not to feel unjoyful, uh, lonely, right. and distraught, and kind of in our own minds, but our, our purpose is so much greater than that. And so I want to talk from a perspective of my singleness because I've just been... Uh, like so encouraged. I I grew up uh, always having a girlfriend. I I didn't grow up in the church or anything, but um, grew up always having a girlfriend, always in relationships, always desiring to have a partner. Um, And then uh, my last breakup was, I think, going on three years now. And I was was pretty heartbroken and, and all that good stuff. And then there was like a time where I was bitter towards it. 
uh, bitter towards the relationship, scared, anxious for uh, maybe another one. But then through God's grace, through good community, I hit a stage where I'm just so comfortable and um, so happy and my joyful in my singleness of, yes, I still desire a wife. Um, but it just seems like in this time, he's really kind of put that on the back backseat. And I've just really got to invest in maybe my schooling, maybe my um, podcast uh, helping in the church. Uh, but I'm very encouraged in my singleness and uh, I'm totally fine with it. And so I want to talk about kind of what singleness can be. So we, we're not left in the dust. We're not left in the ashes of loneliness, but God brings us out of it. And so uh, if you would like to like talk about what singleness can be and how Paul talks about it being such a benefit to the church. Right. Um, when, I, when I first became single, of course, I walked the path of divorce and um, I was married to a pastor and um, it was absolutely devastating to me that um, that this happened in my life. I really felt like you just said, kind of put out in the dust, felt like so much trash thrown out along the side of the road. That's really what I felt. And I can remember thinking, uh, I'll never be able to serve in the church. There won't be a place for me. Um, you know, my life is over. And then I was reading Ephesians, and I came across the verse in Ephesians 3 that said that God would do abundantly more than I could ask or imagine. And I can remember reading that and believing it because it was almost like the words jumped off the page. <laughs> now, at that point in my life, I couldn't imagine very much. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, you know, my life is going to be very, very, very small. But then... I, I look back over the last years and I see how God has made my life so much bigger than I ever dreamed possible. And to allow myself to trust God, to say, I, Lord, if you never bring a spouse into my life, okay, I'm all right with that. I'm going to trust that you know what's best for me and you know where I need to serve. The goal in our lives is to know Christ and to make him known. And I, I really have relied on the verse in Philippians 1.12 that says, um, I want you to know, brothers, that the things that have happened to me have fallen out rather into the furtherance of the gospel. I mean, Paul was writing that from prison. Mm. His life couldn't have been that wonderful <laughs> at that point. But he looked at everything as an opportunity to share Christ. And I've said, Lord, if you can use me better as a single adult, then I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to trust that you know what's best for me and where I can serve best. And I want people to get to the place where they are content in where they are at this moment. Does that mean that I'll never get married again? No, it doesn't mean that. Mm -hmm but it means I'm okay if I don't, and that I'm going to trust God for today, I'm going to trust him for tomorrow, that the Lord is going to lead me and use me because God has a plan for every one of our lives, for every day of our life. It's just a matter of us getting in on that plan. Wow. I love that. <laughs> that has just makes me want to praise the Lord, right? Um, Amen. Um, but... Uh, 
Yeah, I love that. Um, let's talk about, so the last facet, uh, we talked about kind of the the person who are in the ashes, loneliness, and, and we understand that. We want to bring them out of that. And then we talked about the encouragement and we're, we're called to to fulfill our purpose, which is just to serve and uh, praise the Lord in um, any way that he calls us to. Um, and so the last portion I want to talk about is the church. And so there are a lot of uh, people who are going to listen to this who are married, a lot of people who are maybe in relationships who aren't in a state of singleness. Uh, so we'll have an array of listeners. And so I want to hit that last uh, kind of kind of people group of the church. So what does the church do with this? Um, how can they pray or be with single? How do they approach singleness? I know right now we have a lot of misconceptions about singleness. It's just a lonely person waiting to be married, right? Like, and so it, it's just, that's, that's not the case. And that's how we don't want to approach a single person. We want to approach them as made in the image of God. And they are like, locked arms with you uh, going towards the gospel. And so we want to be able to approach them correctly and, and encourage them in the right ways. And so the last facet I would want to talk about is how to encourage the church um, to to pursue this type of ministry or to help in this in this way by prayer or just um, encouraging brothers and sisters. And then maybe some misconceptions that are out there about singleness, about Christian singleness, especially in the Midwest Bible Belt. Uh, we're married by 22 on average. So uh, maybe just some misconceptions uh, about those things. And yeah, just ways that, that the, the church can approach this. You know, statistics, and I've researched this over the years, tell us that about 40% of, a, of the adult population is single. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at that and we look out over the congregation, now that includes 18-year-olds all the way up to 100-year-olds. So it's, it's a gamut for sure. But um, it's still a big portion of our congregation. And when we look at that, we have to be able to meet the needs of single people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've had college and career groups. That's been a part of the church for many, many, many years. But after that, then what? And I think our church has done a really good job of offering different areas, not only to be ministered to, but to minister and to find those places in the church where everyone fits. I think Going through um, our, our four-week program um, where they do the gift analysis on um, finding your gift, mm -hmm. I think that's um, a really key component mm -hmm. because suddenly people realize, wait, I, I do have a gift. Mm -hmm. I, I, I could serve somewhere. I, a lot of times people look at themselves and think, okay, well, you know, God certainly couldn't use me. Mm -hmm. And God wants to use all of us. Mm -hmm. And to find that place of service, and it may be um, working in a community group or being in a community group. It may be uh, working in any of the, the opportunities that we have here at Graceland. But for everyone to know that they have a place they have a place to be ministered to. They have a place where they can minister. And finding that place, I think, is key. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, because I think it's just uh, a hard, hard kind of people group to, to understand. And like, we don't teach on a lot, a lot of our analogies, a lot of our sermons are, are towards married, married groups. But, um, I, I remember you telling me that statistic, the 40%, and that shocks me even, uh, being, being a single adult, 40% is, is a lot of the congregation that it seems like 
um, should be understood and should should be a force to be reckoned with. And so I, I've been so encouraged by this. Um, and so I, I we usually do like a speed round. Uh, so some quick questions just okay. to get to know you. I didn't I'll, tell I'll, you about, all right. I know about you did not part. tell me that. Okay. Um, and so uh, I want to just shoot off some stuff just to get to know you and just okay. to lighten it up a little bit. Um, but uh, one thing that I'm curious about is, so we went into quarantine for a year and we were stuck in our homes. Uh, what was your favorite movie that you watched? Um, over the quarantine. Oh, dear. <laughs> a favorite movie. Um, okay, well, I, I will have to admit that I watched some Hallmark movies. And um, <laughs> when I was actually in the hospital with COVID, I wasn't in too long, but oh, wow. the, the nurse came in and said, do not watch the news. <laughs> watch movies. And so, and ha I watched Hallmark. So maybe that day and they were running, especially was in March, but they were doing Christmas movies all day long. So I'll just have to say that it was very comforting for me to watch Christmas movies when I was sick in March last year. So I'll just, I'll just say that. Okay. Hallmark Christmas movies. Okay. I like that. Um, no, they're, they're good feeling movies. So yes, they that, were. Sometimes we just, we need that. Um, what else? Uh, let's see. I want to know, um, before the podcast started, we talked a little bit about other things that she teaches, and she's very passionate about the Old Testament. I am. So I want to know, what is your favorite book in the Old Testament? Oh, I would have to say Genesis. <laughs> Genesis. Okay. And yes. then a little bit more narrow, what okay. is your favorite story in Genesis or kind of account? Well, one of the things that I love in the book of Genesis is how over and over and over again it points to things in the New Testament. Um, there's a, a favorite verse that I have, okay, out of Genesis chapter 8. And, of course, this is from the story of Noah. And um, the verse says, On the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. Now we look at that and, you know, for most of us, when we read through that kind of stuff, we just read over it. Okay, 17th day of the seventh month. When we look a little deeper into what that actually is, because the Hebrew calendar is completely different than the English calendar. Mm -hmm. And in that verse, it's actually the seventh month in Genesis was the month of Nisan. The, so it would be the 17th day of the month of Nisan, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. Nisan 17 is Resurrection Sunday. Wow. And then when you take the name Ararat, and I have a little book at home that I can look up almost every name in, in the Bible to see what it actually means. What, what is the breakdown? The name Ararat means the curse reversed. So on Resurrection Sunday, same date, mm -hmm. only this happened way back many, many <laughs> thousands of years ago, mm -hmm. you know, like this happened at the beginning of Genesis until Resurrection Sunday, but the two dates coincide. And But I look at the life of Joseph, and I see in the life of Joseph over and over and over again that it's pointing to Christ. I mean, is it an accident that when Joseph is in the prison and he's there with the baker who bakes bread mm. and the cupbearer who holds the wine, is that an accident? Mm. And it's on the third day that the two, one dies and one is lifted up. So it's a picture of the, the death 
and the resurrection. I mean, there's just, well, my, my Bible class says, I say this all the time, it's a picture. And, it, <laughs> and over and over and over again, it points to Christ. And so I'm passionate about teaching the Bible. I, I get so excited when I teach things that maybe they haven't seen before. Yeah. But I just, I want people to know that what's in the Old Testament points forward to Christ. And we need to see that. <laughs> In so many ways, yes. We but I felt like I was in uh, my seminary Old Testament one <laughs> class. <laughs> I would love to be in a seminary Old Testament class. I would. I would love that. <laughs> uh, I took it with Doctor Gentry. If you ever do it, you should you should do it, okay. Gentry, because um, he he loves little minor details yes. like that. He just studies it so much. But that is incredible. <laughs> I did not know that. Um, I was not expecting that answer, even though I knew you were so passionate about the Old Testament. Um, and then, what would be your favorite New Testament? Probably Philippians. Philippians, and we just finished teaching on Philippians, so that was really a good thing. Uh, I got to do that. Um, of course, I love the Gospels, and um, and I just shared, I think last Sunday, I said, when you look at the, um, the crucifixion and the resurrection, read through all four of them, because that gives you a little bit better picture of the whole thing, but even finding those things in the, Old or in the New Testament that point back to the Old Testament. And so I shared out of John 20 last week, I said, I'm just going to finish up the resurrection with this, that Mary Magdalene looked into the tomb and she saw the angel sitting at the, at the head and at the foot of the, of the tomb in, in the grave. I, so I asked them, I said, what in the Old Testament does this remind you of? And somebody in the group said, it's the mercy seat on the Ark of the Covenant, because there are two angels, mm -hmm. one at the head and one at the foot. And they, and I said, you know, I think so too. And just to share with them things that, how the whole thing is connected. And unfortunately, I've heard people say, oh, we don't need the Old Testament. That's, we don't need that any longer. That grieves me so much because the Old Testament, there is so much in it that points forward to Christ. And then there is so much that we see the fulfillment in the New Testament. And it's just glorious. <laughs> that was very selfish for me because I just wanted to hear you talk about the Bible. I just wanted to, I wanted to hear your heart behind the Old Testament. I am so Testament. passionate about teaching the scripture and because it, it, it makes me afraid that, that there is a whole generation that maybe doesn't know the Bible as well as they should, that we, you know, we offer maybe too much um, just kind of an easy gospel. And what I want people to see is that the Bible is so very, very, important. It's everything we need to know for our lives, everything. And when you think about it that way, it's not that long of a book. And But we need to know it. And I want, if I'm teaching, I want people to know it. 
So, yeah. Amen, sister. And I think um, right now we think that a lot more people know the Bible and that they're they're knowledgeable about it. Um, but statistically, and the more you have conversations with my generation, uh, people 30 and under, people just don't know the Bible as well as, as we think they do. And so... Uh, we need to maybe kind of take a couple steps back of really teaching the Bible well to everyone um, and not just assuming everyone has got it because I, I think there's a lot more people that don't. And so that passion is just infectious and I, right. it makes me want to teach the Bible <laughs> harder and, and better. And so, uh, Kathy, I am so thankful um, that you have come on this podcast and talked about singleness. Um, I want to do something a little bit different. I want to pray. I just want to pray for uh, singles. Um, if you'd like to pray um, just for that and for our congregation, for our pastors, and just to come around, lock arms with uh, the single uh, population. And yeah, just some encouraging words for maybe someone who is struggling with loneliness too. That okay. would be amazing. I'll be glad to do that. Heavenly Father, we just want to stop and say thank you. We know that you have a plan for every single one of us that whether we're single or married, whatever state we're in, that you have a plan, and it's a good plan. It's a plan for a future and a hope, and we can trust that. Lord, I do want to pray for the single adults that may be listening to this podcast. Lord, would you just pour out a blessing on them? Mm -hmm. Would you just wrap them up in your arms and let them know they are not alone, that you are with us every moment of every day. And we wake when we wake up in the middle of the night and maybe we're afraid or feel lonely, that you're there. Mm -hmm. Or when we walk into situations where lots of people are married and we look at our own lives and say, why can't I have a spouse? That we're not alone. Mm. You are there. You have promised to be with us through every, every situation, and we want to thank you. Lord, I do lift up our pastors, our leaders, for the Bible teachers. I pray, Lord, that, that we would lead and we would lead well so that people learn your word, that they have it embedded in their hearts and lives. We pray for the younger people as they're growing up, that it'll just become part of them and that they will know it and they will stand on it. Lord, your word is so important. It is vital for our lives and people need to understand that. I ask, Lord, for your anointing on our church just pour out your spirit, Lord. Help us to, to know you better every day and to make you known. That's our goal. That's what we want to do. We want to know you. We want to let people see you in our lives and lead people to become believers in you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're going to do in our church every day. We trust you. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you guys for watching uh, this episode. Um, just know, yeah, if you are single um, and you are discouraged uh, that 
God does not want to leave you there. Uh, He wants to encourage you. He wants to empower you. He wants you working for his kingdom. We get to play a small role, uh, a small part in in this grand plan of his. And so uh, just know that that is your purpose and that you are to run towards Christ. Um, And singleness um, is is, can be an amazing thing. It's a beautiful uh, thing if we have the right perspective and we are joyful in the Lord. Um, If you have single people around you, uh, just kind of ask uh, how, how you can be praying for them or how you can encourage them, come around them. Uh, coming from a single man, uh, we need community. We need people pouring into our, our lives. Um, and so, yeah, let's just band together uh, and, and kind of go forth. Uh, so we're so thankful that you tuned in. Um, if you are on the Facebook group, um, invite other people. Uh, so we are growing pretty quickly on there, which has been so amazing to see that you guys are interacting and watching the videos. Uh, I love that. Um, but start inviting people. We want the whole church on there. We want um, all the Graceland members um, to be on there and interacting as well and seeing these videos. Uh, And so just uh, feel free to invite, uh, I believe on the page there somewhere to invite anyone that you want, uh, as long as they are are members of Graceland. And so uh, we're so thankful, but we will see you on the next episode.